Today is Family Sunday, which means you have to listen to me. I mean, you get to listen to me. If you know the difference, that would be good. Uh, I like to walk around, so hopefully I don't trip over wires. So, the other day, and and this is... uh, I decided not to go to work. I called in and the secretary says, uh, why not? I said, well, I'm I'm having vision problems. She replies, well, what do you mean? I just can't see myself coming into work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, there was this, who likes math? Who's a math person? Okay, we got a few. Okay, so there was a farmer. He had three sons, count three sons, and he died. And in his will, he says, I have 17 mules And I am going to give them to my three sons. And this Missouri farmer, he he puts this in his will. And the sons come up to in his casket and says, well, how are we supposed to divide them? And the attorney says, well, the oldest will get half the donkeys or the mules. I know they're not the same, but I'm going to interchange them. The middle son will get one-third of the mules, and the youngest son will get one-ninth of the mules. Well, this just really causes a problem. Do you know what the answer would be? So they're huddling over the casket. Dad, why didn't you tell us what to do? We don't know what to do because how do we do this? Well, The brother of the farmer who died, that's their uncle, he overheard the conversation and he decided, well, I'll help him out. So the next day, he hitches up his mule and he drives over there, you know, head over there and he throws his mule into the lot. Well, now there's 18 and the boys say, oh, well, that makes it a lot easier. So... He gets, the oldest gets half, which makes nine. The second son gets a third, which makes six. And the last son gets one ninth, which is two. You add those all up and it comes to 17. The farmer, the brother takes his mule and goes home. So... You wonder, how does that work? Well, it just does. <clears throat> well, anyway, it's, it's some interesting math. Everybody got their donkeys. And everybody went home with the proper, appropriate thing in the will. Today, I want to talk about making a difference. Your actions make a difference to someone else. True. Several months ago, when Regan was gone, we had a preacher by the name of Jerry Paul here. Remember? Do you remember what he spoke on? The, the pills and the lady that prayed for her sons at the bed. 
Okay. Uh, Julia is relatively closer than anybody else has been because she at least said something. <laughs> We're going to read from 2 Samuel 21, and basically the message was about a great famine. What's a famine? Who knows what a famine is? What's that? It's, it's a disaster. It's where you don't have much uh, uh, water. So there's no rain. No rain. And you can have different types of famines. That's true. And it, it would, there was, had been no rain for three years. And this had taken place in a kingdom that was 3,000 years ago. So it's a little bit further than us in the back. And we're going to start here with 2 Samuel 21. But I thought... What Jerry Paul spoke about was excellent. But the part that he didn't speak, I think, needs to be spoken. What, didn't, what wasn't spoken was even more powerful. Uh, his was a little bit different than mine. And it starts off in 2 Samuel 21. It says, during the reign of David, there was a famine for three successive years. So David sought the face of the Lord. The Lord said, it is on account of Saul and his blood-stained house. It is because of him that the Gibeonites were put to death. The king summoned the Gibeonites and spoke to them. Now the Gibeonites were not a part of Israel, but were survivors of the Amorites. The Israelites had sworn to spare them. But Saul and his zeal for Israel and Judah had tried to annihilate them. What's annihilate mean? Yes, completely destroyed. David asked the Gibeonites, what shall I do for you? How shall I make atonement so that you will bless the Lord's inheritance? The Gibeonites answered him, we have no right to demand silver or gold from Saul's family, nor do we have the right to put anyone in Israel to death. What do you want me to do for you? They answered the king, as for the man who destroyed us, who was that? Who destroyed them? What king? Saul. And plotted against us so that we have been decimated and have no place anywhere in Israel. Let seven of his male descendants be given to us to be killed and their bodies exposed before the Lord at Gibeah of Saul, the Lord's chosen one. So the king said, I will give them to you. Hmm. Now this was... What king just said, I will give them to you? Who was it? King David. He was the one after him. And it's interesting because if you're a king and you took over the kingdom from another family, it's not out of the question to put their family to death. You don't see him opposing this, do you? We think, well, that's, that would be bad. No, kings a lot of times will say, I don't want there to be any question that somebody from their family could come back and take over. You don't see that here where David says, no, no, I, I want to protect him. No, he protects one. It was in the king's interest to actually go along with this. You'd, you see all those movies, yeah, they, 
you want to get rid of anybody who could oppose you. So, you know, even though David in his, in his uh, zeal for the Lord, and he wasn't opposed to, to doing something like this. Now, this was David who defeated whom? Goliath, yes. He defeated Goliath. And David, though, was different from Saul. He was different from other people. He is one that we do model after at times because he was called a man after God's own heart. If there was was wrongdoing, I do think that David wanted to rectify the situation. I don't think that he did this necessarily, but it wasn't out of his interest to not have them destroyed too. So, we're going to continue on here. It says, The king spared Mephibosheth, that's the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because of the oath before the Lord, between David and Jonathan, son of Saul. But the king took Ammoni and Mephibosheth, that would be the other Mephibosheth's uncle, the two sons of Aiah's daughter Rizpah, whom she had borne to Saul. So we're going to just say Rizpah. Look at Rizpah. Remember Rizpah. Do not forget her. What's the name? Rizpah. Rizpah. Why do we not want to forget her? We're going to find out. <laughs> She's important. Whom she, it says right there, whom she had borne to Saul. So Rizpah was a concubine to King Saul. She had two sons, but there's still five other ones. Together with the five sons of Saul's daughter, Merab, whom she had borne to Adriel, son of Berzai, the Malhothite, something. He handed them over to the Gibeonites, who killed them, just as David said, okay. So they didn't do anything against the law. And then exposed their bodies on a hill before the Lord. All seven of them fell together. Now it's one thing to just die. We have executions in this country. They execute them. But do we let them, do we hang them up for the birds to eat and the wild animals? All seven of them fell together. They were put to death during the first days of the harvest, just as the barley harvest was beginning. <clears throat> this is Saul's concubine, Rizpah. Remember, Rizpah. She is the one we're looking at today. What's her name? Say it again. Rizpah. And you know what? Here's something that, that uh, Jerry Paul mentioned. Sometimes you can be punished for something you didn't do. Okay, a lot of times I, I have spoken where your actions can cause bad things to happen to you. You've got to change your ways. You've got to do something different. You've got to repent. You've got to change your ways. But this is a case where your actions or King Saul's actions can affect someone else. Can you think of a time where somebody's actions can affect somebody else in a negative way? Yeah. Think of maybe drunk driving. That's an easy one to guess. You drive along and somebody hits you. You had nothing to do with it, but you may be the person in the accident. But there's a lot of other ones too. So we need to remember here that Saul's sons and grandsons paid for a decision of Paul, or excuse me, Saul. 
I got the wrong uh, testament. Okay. In verse 10, we have Rizpah again of Aia took sackcloth. Remember, they're all dead. She spread it out for herself on the rock and from the beginning of the harvest till the rain poured down. Now that's in italics because what were, you, what were you in the middle of? If we lived in there, what was going on? There was a great what? Famine. So there was no rain. There's no rain. So it wasn't like she was there overnight. And from the heavens on the bodies, she did not let the birds touch them by day or the wild animals by night. And when David was told what Aliyah's daughter, Rizpah, Aiyah's daughter, Rizpah, Saul's concubine had done, he went and took the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan from the city, citizens of Jabesh Gilead. And explains there, they had stolen their bodies from the public square of Bethshan, where Philistines had hung them after they struck Saul down in Gilboa. Remember, Saul actually died. Well, the picture gives you that. How did he die? He committed suicide. He fell on his sword. Jonathan was also struck down that same time. And the Philistines had hung them up after they were dead. And the place where he was from took them down at night and gave them a burial. But they still weren't given a proper burial. So David was told, so keep that in mind, what Saul's concubine had done. What Rizpah had done. Okay? She was there for a long time, for quite a while. That, to me, shows a lot of love. Is there greater love than this? We're told that there's no greater love than a man who lays down his life for a friend. Uh, right here, it's pretty impressive that after they're dead, she would go and protect their bodies for this length of time. And it was so great that David saw it and his heart was affected. His heart was changed and realized, you know what? She is right. She's right. She protected them. They were part of the lineage of the, the kingdom of, of, the, of, the, of Saul. Verse 13, David brought the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan from there, and the bones who had been killed and exposed were gathered up. What she did, other people saw. Now, it may have been something so simple as you know, I don't know what her long-term goal was. Was it for this to happen? Or was it just to be noticed? I don't know. Or was it just to protect them? Because her two sons, along with the other ones, she did not want to see them desecrated by wild animals. She did not want to see that. But somebody else saw, and her impact changed the kingdom. There was so much... 
love there that she showed long after they were dead. And this is the part I think is, is really good because it's hard, I think, to show that kind of love. I, I think this is just incredible because if you don't make a difference, if you aren't working on something that you know, nobody else can see it. Now, I'm not saying do your acts out in the open. I'm saying that if you are focused on something, it will be seen. Whether it be good or whether it be evil. Keep that in mind. But right here, we see how much love that she had for them. And it changed the mind of a king. He watched it. He saw what happened. And what you do can be seen by others. What you do will have an impact. You keep the course of the Lord. You keep on that path and the people will see it and they will praise God. They will praise your Father in heaven as Jesus stated. Of course, it took time. It says, till the rain poured down. You see, what David did when he gave them over, he thought that that was going to be the end of it. He says, I did my duty, now it can rain down. But it didn't. It didn't rain down. He thought if he gave them over to the Gibeonites, the body, the, the, the sons, the descendants, that now it's going to start raining because God's going to bless us. It didn't. It did not rain after that. It only rained after the Rizpah. And that happened. Where she watched those bodies. Where she brushed the birds away. And she kept the wild animals. And she was there by day and by night. Would you be that kind of, would you be vigilant like that? Where you're ready day and night for the Lord? It wasn't until David saw what she did and changed and brought the bones of the other family and gave them a proper burial. 14, they buried the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan in the tomb of Saul's brother, our father, Kish, at Zelah in Benjamin, and did everything the king commanded. After that, God answered prayer on behalf of the land. It was only after that that God answered prayer in behalf of the land. To me, that's, it's just an amazing story. That's the part that we didn't hear. Jerry Paul had an excellent sermon and it went uh, to a different point. But when I read that, I realized, wow, wow, that is amazing. That is when God blesses. When we are there, when we show our dedication, it wasn't when he says, sure, you can have them, no problem. It didn't, didn't rain yet. Love changes people. And yes, it does take time. But each one of us can change other people by our love, can't we? 
Each one of us can. God didn't answer the prayer even after he gave Saul's descendants. And why? I don't know why. But I think there must have been something greater going on. She stayed the course. And she, that's Rizpah, Rizpah gave life back to the land. Rizpah gave the life back to the land because she stuck through it. It wasn't the popular thing to do. No. The easy thing to do would have been just have the funeral and go home. That would have been easy. But she stayed there until it rained. You are the one who makes a difference. And we learned that right here. You make a difference so much. And when people see what you do, the whole place gets better. It becomes that we are now a blessing. And then somebody else will become a blessing. When they see, hey, I can make a difference. And they do. It goes to the next person and the next person. Yes, you can make a difference because you are in Jesus Christ. There's no other who can save. Just like Rizpah, it may be dirty, but you can make a difference where somebody else sees it. So here we have. One, your decisions can affect someone else. It really can. Number two, we can try and rectify our bad choices. Yes. Number three, your actions are seen by others. And number four, God does answer prayers. God does answer prayers. And if you're not praying, then what are you doing? If you're not making a difference, then what are you doing? I think for all of us, we need to understand this. There is so much life when you are a blessing. You can make a change right here in your community that becomes a blessing for everyone else. So let's remember that. It's so important. God does answer prayers. And if you haven't made any decision for following Jesus, today is a great day. We can, if you want to follow the Lord, we'll baptize you and get you started on that path. Today is a great day that we can be like Rizpah and learn and others will follow. And when one starts that ball rolling, it gets hard to stop. Because great things happen when you're in the service of the Lord. Great things happen. And I pray that this day, we will all be like Rizpah. That we can all be like David. And that we, when we see others doing good, it will cause us to also do good too. That's what I want us to learn today. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father in heaven, I thank you for this day. I thank you for each one here. And Lord, we learned a lot from Rizpah today. And Lord, this is just a fantastic story that a woman like this, so humble and yet so powerful at the same time. So humble, Lord, 
that she would give up her comforts and her lives and see her children slaughtered before her and yet continue to take care of them even after they were dead, to continue to protect them. And Lord, help us to be like that, where we see the change that needs to be done and that we are that change. Lord, you gave your son who died on that cross as the ultimate example. So Lord, today, let us be just like your son, who's willing to give up everything, who's willing to say, my life is yours. And Lord, may the children in this room be willing and give their lives up for you. And may the adults in this room give their lives up for you. And that everything we have is yours. So Lord, I thank you this day. This day, let us grow closer to you. Let us be more like you. And let us make a difference. Lord, I ask that your spirit come on each and every one of us. That our lives will be just like Rizka. Lord, that we may not be perfect, but that you can use us to change the king. That you can use us to change this government. And that you can use us to be a blessing that will impact so many others. I pray in your holy son's name. Amen.